Welcome to the 46th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I am a very tired Tiger Height. And I am a, we have no idea who won at Peanut Gallery because, quite frankly, I am fucking sick of this fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, this was a really, it felt like it was really dragged on. And also, don't do Sunday pay-per-views. We do our show on Sunday. I would rather do my show on four instead of at nine. Right. It, it's it's a lot. Yeah, like, it's I've a had, lot. I've had way too much wine. Also, this pay-per-view has not been good. It was it was fine. I, I like the pay-per-view. It was just, it just felt really long. Well, anyways, of, we'll go into it. So we're gonna piss let, off a lot of AEW fanboys. Also, just an FYI, we're not gonna be separating out the matches. We're just gonna do them all. In oh, one. perfect. Or, there or we do, go. Or do you want to do them all? Doesn't matter to me. Whatever. whatever ah, fuck it. We're just. Ah, fuck it. We're just gonna separate them. So let's start with our first match, which was Layla Hirsch taking on Chris Statlander. <sighs> Oh my god, this match was awful. It wasn't awful. Well, it was. It you was you bad. didn't. I know why you didn't like it. Just just say why you didn't like it. Oh oh, you mean because of Layla Hirsch's uh, choice of dress? Yes. So Layla Hirsch is a Russian American. She was born in Moscow and she was adopted by Ameri- by an American family at the age of eight. She wore. The Russian flag on her gear like she has forever. And given the current conflict, obviously there might be some contention. Here's the difference, and I told you this. She does not portray a Russian. She's just Russian. I understand that, (laughs) but remember, the average American is a fucking moron. That is true. So I don't know why you were getting offended, because to my knowledge, you're not a moron. Well... Also, because I know that a lot of other people are going to get offended by it. Whatever. Um, there were a couple of sloppy spots, but overall, the match was not bad. Um, it I was feel, terrible. I, I, I feel like it. I feel like maybe it was a little long. It just... It, I don't know. This it was just, the buy-in. This was the buy-in. You were, you were too distracted by Layla Hirsch's gear to really just, get the context I, of the match. Well, oh, all the slips and shit, right? Yeah, they, they slipped a couple of times. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But they had some stuff that was good. I mean, I mean, with every match, there was good and bad stuff. Um, it was a moonsault, which actually looked really good for uh, Layla Hirsch to win. That moonsault was actually not bad. Yeah, it was a good moonsault. And yeah. especially of the rest of Layla Hirsch's stuff where she's all ground and pound, and then the finisher being a high-flying move, mm-hmm. it makes sense. So, overall, I personally like the match. I'll, 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 I'll fully give it a thumbs up. What would you give it? I'll give it a thumbs medium. <laughs> an Orange Cassidy thumbs up or an Orange Cassidy thumbs down? Uh, an Orange Cassidy thumbs medium. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I kind of hate Hey, look, say- they sent Hook. Yes. Um, the most pop. I mean, I think he got one of the biggest pops of the night. And he, d- he just. Hook is actually not bad. He's he's actually pretty good. Um, His selling needs some work. I said he's not bad. I didn't say he was good. I said he was not bad. I know. Um, you know, here's the thing. It was I, it was a fine mashup putting the pre draw. It was it was it was a, it was blah, a fun blah, blah. It, it was a fun match. The buy in it wasn't call it. it didn't have to be overly good. It didn't have to be bad. It was a fun match with a rivalry in it. Uh, QT Marshall made him look like a million bucks, and at least there was somewhere where we can see Hook in his selling. He's not the best at it. I feel like maybe he would have been a little bit better if they kind of waited a little bit more, but he's obviously popular. I'm going to give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. 
Oh, you are? Orange Cassidy, thumbs up on it? Mm. Okay. Um, and it was a red rum for him to win. I don't agree with you. Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. You know, yep. I liked it more than I hated it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We'll make this majestic again. It's not that hard. Whoa. All right. Six man tag. We have the House oh, of... Oh, I forgot this cult happened. Yes. Uh, we have the House of Black taking on Penta Oscuro Pac and Eric Redbeard. Uh, the crowd was really into it, and I thought it was fine. It was, it was almost it was almost to the point of like legitimately. This was this was almost a thirty minute match. Legitimately, AEW is a cult masquerading as wrestling promotion. These these stupid fucking fanboys and these incels <laughs> in the crowd are just terrible. Um, the problem with this match is that it went way too long. I it mean, did. they they started this I, match. It, it over it overstayed its welcome like. One quarter of the way through. Yep. If they, I mean, if I they mean, ended it, was, it, it was so bad. If I'm they, gonna, I'm gonna give it eight thumbs down. Not a two thumbs down, but a thumbs down. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. I thought there was some really good stuff in there, and with it was, uh, it was decent. This, this, this was Buddy Matthews. This was Buddy Matthews' debut. The only problem was that it overstayed its welcome by like 15 minutes. Oh God, they, it was terrible. They, they started this show at our time. At the bell rang at 4:37, and it ended at 4:52. So I was, it was, it I was, was almost 30 minutes. It was a long-ass match. And the problem was is that the pacing did not was not necessary. No, it, was, it, we'll, just, it wasn't we'll, good. We'll make this shit majestic again in three fucking sentences, but we're going to wait for that, or you're going to wait for that. But it was a pile driver on Eric Redbeard, which was scary as shit, uh, for him, for the House of Black to win. What so, the fucking do? So, yeah, um, Orange Cassidy thumbs down. All right, so now we're into the show... Proper, and we started off with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. This match was exactly what it needed to be. Hard. So, so, so we start off with a concussion. Oh yeah, no, Jericho landed on the crown of his head, but yet he continued. I'm like, at that point, you know that the show's just going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, but this match was great. It was so good. I I'm going to give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up because it was a decent match, but fuck, man. I thought, I thought that the structure of the match was perfect. How many the, scary spots do you want to have in this they had match? They had one. They had one. They had like three. They had one they, that was actually legitimately scary. They had they had one that was legitimately scary, and then they had two others that were like kind of scary. They it, it didn't look like a botch like the first one. The first one was legitimately scary because that one wasn't planned. Mm. The other ones were planned. Oh, and by the way, if you're curious as to why I'm so critical now, it's because I think I have figured out the formula of AEW pay-per-view, so I'm going to be more critical to it, just well, like I am with everything. Yeah, it's something that I noticed because I watch AEW twice a week. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not—I don't hate myself that much. I'm sorry. It's really not that hard. It, it really isn't. I do it when I go to bed, I mean, and then I do I, it when I'm at the gym. I still hate my—I still hate—I still would hate myself for it. Yeah, I don't hate myself. I mean, I mean, for the most part, it's fine. This was a great. I mean, I like this match. I thought it was a great opener. It was, it was an okay match. The crowd was super into it, and it well, was yeah, because um, it was first match of the night, and it was a modified stretch muffler. I haven't seen that in a fucking eon and a half. For Eddie Kingston to win, thank God he won. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so so Orange Cassidy thumbs up for me. I'm gonna give it a full thumbs up for me on this one. All right, so our next oh, match. God, this was. Excellent. I loved this match. This is a Young Bucks match. And that's so you fine. Oh, it's going to be a spot fest. That's fine, though. It was a three-way tag team match. Duh. So, 
Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. I, I'm giving this a two. I'm giving this a two thumbs up. I, th I loved this match. I liked everything about it. Everyone was exactly where they needed to be. It was spotty, and given a three-way tag team match, it had to be. We were not going to get a scientific wrestling match in a three-way tag well, team match. Well, now the Young Bucks involved, they don't know how to do science. They it, probably failed a science. But it's popular. It's what's working right now. And that's why I loved this match, because the crowd was into it, and that's what they want to do. They want right, because people... I really care about the crowd says. Yes, the, 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 they need to be entertained. <laughs> that's the point. And I love this match. You know, this crowd is toxic as fuck. I love this match. I thought this was... A, I think... I'm not sure if this was match of the night necessarily, but I thought this was a really good match. I was very happy. I'm giving I'm still giving this a two thumbs up. And it was a Jurassic Express for Jurassic Express to win, which was actually surprising. I know, I was surprised too. But here's the problem here's the thing though. Red Dragon and Young Bucks were already established. I think Jurassic Express winning it was perfect. Because they still need that credibility. It, it was never about Jurassic Express, though. It was always about Jurassic Express. And no. why did, then why did they win the belts? Because the real rivalry is the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. So they're going to have it after this, then? Because that's the more important rivalry. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were just whatever. They were just placed in there to be placed in there. They're the tag team champions. You're so stupid. I don't well, understand your well, logic. Well, no, it has nothing to do with the championships. The 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 entire rivalry is centered around the young bucks. I don't. I, I understand that, and I don't mind that. We'll make. We'll talk about this when we make this shit majestic again. But within the context of the match itself, I loved it. The crowd was into it. I was into it. Peanut Gallery liked it up until the very end. I think he's just pissed off because he's tired. No, I just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right, because I did not, I couldn't find the graphic on oh, it. Here's our spot fest ladder match. This made sense for a spot fest, a ladder match, a oh. multi-man ladder match. Well, they did emphasize the big guys a lot, didn't they? They did. I liked that though. That was well, okay. Gee. Keith, Keith Lee was in a much different position. He definitely had ring rust in his debut. Let's put it that way. I just realized we didn't even do a um, sound check, but we should be fine. So, well, I hope we're fine. Well, we'll, we'll figure that out. So <laughs> we have. Uh, I'm not going to re-record this shit no. if we're not. <laughs> I'm sure we're fine. I mean, it looks like we're fine. So we have uh, Christian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy. Uh, Wardlow won. The right person won. This had to be a spot fest. It was a ladder match in a multi-man ladder match, and the crowd was super into it. Yeah, everyone looked really good. I liked the I liked the big hosses like part of it. I thought that was really good, especially with the know. especially with Orange Cassidy when he went there. Like, oh doing my the god, kiss. Orange Cassidy was the worst part of this match. What? Yes. Are you are you fucking crazy? I'm not crazy. This again. I have now understood and am now enlightened about AEW's tropes. And but that their doesn't styles. That, that doesn't mean that it was bad. Like if it works, it works. It only works because the incels in the crowd thinks it works. But I mean, to you, does it work? Not really. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what wrestling you like. I'm so confused. I mean. Orange Cassidy's act is starting to get old. I will agree with that. 
I can like re- like his act, his whole thing. It needs an evolution, or it's gonna die. Yeah, and quite frankly, it's dying pretty quickly. I'm I I, I can actually agree with you on that one. We'll talk about that when we make that shit majestic again. I was really happy that they emphasized Powerhouse Hobbs yes. quite a bit. Yes, and that was the best part, was that it was someone who was... And Christian Cage being in this match yes. was a great benefit. Because it was. He has the experience yep. to direct. Uh, Keith Lee looked a lot better. There were more ups than downs in this. That's I'm going to give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I'm going to give this one a full thumbs up. I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more because I saw more positives... In it than I did negative. All right, and um, you know I, I can understand, but we'll make we'll talk about that more when we make this shit majestic again because I think it's necessary. Okay. Oh Jesus. Oh hey, let's talk about the Shane Strickland thing because nobody cares. Yeah. So um, Shane Strickland may uh, signed his Isaiah Swerve Scott for those of you who like to use his slave name. Right. Um, he signed his contract with AEW. Who cares? Anyway, uh, let's talk about a match that. Equally, who cares? It was uh, Jade Cargill and Ty Conti for oh the— Oh, my fucking God, this match was terrible. It was really bad. This was not good. Ty Conti is—she just can't wrestle, man. She can't. Um, she had good matches with good people. Uh, Jade Cargill at least has the benefit of being at least inexperienced enough to where I can, I can at least get away from it. She has the presence, and I think she has the moveset given more time. Um, in the ring, she, but she needs to take on more experienced people than God, Ty Conti. This, this match was. Ugh. This was a downer. I think this was the worst match. This of the was the match that killed the crowd. This killed the crowd. Then the next might, match. I mean, you might as well <laughs> stab the crowd in the throat. It was because really, it was so bad. The life was sucked out of the room. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. I'm gonna give this a thumbs down too. It was really that bad. Not but, two thumbs down. It wasn't. Let's put it this way. At least it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a sloppy mess. It just wasn't there. It, this made right, no. Right, kind of that one TNA match that was negative five stars. Right, and here's the thing though: <laughs> there were this could have been easily this could have been easily replaced with a different match, mm-hmm. and this on the buy-in, and I would have been fine with yep. it. But this this deep into the show, I'm ixnay. No way. Thumbs down. Jade won. Obviously, twenty nine and zero. They're really pushing Jade, and oh, basically is the next. Goldberg. It will except Jade. Fuck. Except Jade Cargill is developing as a competitor, where Goldberg stinted in like 1998. Oh, that's true. So keep that in mind there too. There we have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I want. I, I. I want to emphasize this with a disclaimer that this was not good in any way. It went way too long let's put it this way marks aw marks i will announce this right now this match sucked it was it was it wasn't good it wasn't good nothing about this was good i had all the expectations in the world for a five-star match this, and i got i got a negative two stars yeah this was this sucked me dry i was so i, w- I was bored I think this was the time when I'm like, this is really boring. It was slow. Every, See, everyone was, agrees. Every, if you look at social media, everyone says every, this everybody match said was awful. Just, everybody, just terrible. everybody said it. Everybody said that this match was boring. 
it was unnecessarily boring. They're like, oh, this is 1983, um, Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper. This was 30 minutes. That was 16 minutes. If it was that length, I would have been fine. I'm giving this a thumbs down. I'm giving it – I might – well, I'm not giving it two thumbs down. It wasn't that bad, but I'm going to give it a thumbs down too. It was, it was just – it just the expectation did not meet what happened. No, and, it just didn't. Uh, and CM Punk won with a oh, that was the other thing. They had like thumbtacks and shit. It's not necessary. It's not. And and of course, CM Punk bladed himself like two seconds into. the It was whole not match. necessary. It, you don't have to have that much fucking crimson on your fucking face to have a good match. At I'm least, sorry. at least, at least that early on, it was not necessary. We'll talk about that when we make this shit majestic again. You but know, for I God's sake, hardcore matches. I fucking hate hardcore matches. Right. But it was a dynamite diamond ring shot by CM Punk once again, adding a gimmick to a gimmick for CM Punk to win. It, oh, and Wardlow betrayed MJF. Who the fuck cares? Right. Unfortunately, it's like, okay, they're trying to break out Wardlow, which is fine because I like Wardlow. Well, that's fine, but it's just like, who the fuck cares? It was going to happen. Duh, no shit, Sherlock, that was going to happen. Uh, Yeah, thumbs down for me. Like, I I couldn't, I was bored. This was was a boring, clunky, It was slow, it was slow. Well, because CM Punk lost like half his fucking blood. (laughs) Probably. All right, so after that bloody mess. So after CM Punk lost half of his fucking blood. This was fine. We come to Thunder Rosa versus DMD. That was... For the AW Women's World Champion. Okay, here's here's the thing. Also, uh, but before we go into it, let's talk about the new title. Um, This was made by Belt by Dan, and it... The, the, the thing is growing on me. It looks blocky. I don't know how it, it's, it, it is blocky. It is based on, if I'm not mistaken, the um, uh, NWA North American champion where they had that um, a little big, but that's being really nitpicky. It's growing on me. People are like, oh, I like it better than the egg. I like the egg. I think I thought it was a cool belt. I really don't give a fuck because they can't design a women's championship worth shit, so there we have it. <laughs> what, do you like WWE's? Actually, I kind of like WWE's. I kind of like WWE's a little bit better, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, NWA's has the best women's belt mm. by, like, a mile. Yeah. It's, it's not because this one's a little too blocky. The other one's a little too roundy. We need something that's kind of in the middle. NWA's is better. NWA's is better. I think it's better. I think it. Yeah. It's really simple to the point, and they call it the Burke because it's based on that belt, and it feels prestigious. It looks cool. I so like. Anyways, it. the point is, is that Thunder Rosa was the, not. There was, she, there, she was not going to win this match. There was an expectation of this match because of their lights out match that made Britt Baker's career. Thunder Rosa, she was kind of on the wayside on it. People talked about Britt Baker. After that match, right. then Rosa. But let me tell you, because I already kind of know what's going to happen. It was fine. Th- Thunder Rosa is going to win the more contenders match. She's going to be facing Doctor Britt Baker at a steel in a steel cage match in San Antonio, Texas, where mm-hmm. she is from. And she's she, not from there. Well, okay, she like spent most of her childhood there. Whatever. <laughs> and she is going to win the women's championship in front of a hometown crowd. I so, guess. Well, so, then, well, then this is stupid. Then this doesn't make any sense. Why would they have this? Because they're idiots. <laughs> okay. So, this match was okay. Let me tell you why I hated it. 
is because there were so many fucking referee interferences. Yeah, I, it was. I, I wonder who the fuck are training these referees, man. I know. Come it was. On. It's like throw throw these women out and have a one on one. What are they doing? It doesn't make any. Like after once, I can get like whatever. But it, oh oh, it, it remember, happened. It happened like three oh, times. Remember, remember, it was there was a there was a a place in which like there was like a chair shot in full view of the referee, but the referee didn't kick them out. No, that was a Ty Conti match that happened. That's right, it was a Ty Conti. That match. that was a Ty Conti match that happened. Anyways, referees are fucking blind and stupid in this promotion. Yeah, this this was not good. I think no. that because okay, once. Whatever. Like, right. That's fine. But this is like the fourth match out of six matches that this has happened. There was a lot of ref distraction and there interferences, was. which was not necessary. Oh, fuck these ref. Oh, God. But uh, Britt Baker won. She is still the champion. Uh, the new title will grow on me over time. It slowly is right now. But if she's going to lose it, whatever. Yeah. Um, especially after the – this was after the punk match, right? Yeah, this was after the punk match. I was just like – Borsnor City. Right. And it just, it is what it is, you know? Um, I'll give this one an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I'm going to give an Orange Cassidy thumbs down. Okay. And so we're kind of in the same boat, just you had more negatives than I did, mm-hmm. pretty much. All right, our next match. This one actually brought the crowd back. This I will, did. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because this actually wasn't a bad this match. Was, this was a good match. Now this because is because this wasn't your usual. I was I was expecting a John Moxley trope like it wasn't it was bleeding city sort of thing. It, now he did bleed, but it wasn't a hardcore match, right? And that's what was different about it yep. is that this felt different for a Moxley match and for Brian Danielson. These guys just had a good match. This but, was a good. Yeah, this was the best in my opinion. Also, this was the best match of the night. Really? Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and the one thing that I really liked about this is that Moxley said, "I cannot be partners with somebody until I bleed with them." Mm-hmm. And so the blood in that context made sense. Mm-hmm. And it that's did. when you're like, right. okay, and I that's can't. that's when you do blood. Because mm-hmm. because there's legitimately like a reason for there to be that right. So um, they had a really fun. And it day. wasn't like crimson like. I did not like the ending. No, the ending. The, it was it was like a weird roll up where obviously Brian Danielson could have kicked out, but he just didn't, and it was super clunky. But that's really the only nitpick that I have. Everything else, well, like I, I, they, almost, they, they, I almost wonder if this is part of the larger arc. They beat the crap out of each other. No, no this is now they're a team. They're a right. team now. So this is gonna be a. This is the next. Um, this is the next. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Adam Page. Right. They're gonna have a. They're gonna have a team, and then they're gonna separate out. One of them is gonna win the title, probably Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. and then it and will then be John, Moxley yep. and Danielson. Not at this one's double or nothing, but maybe the next one. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna win they're, the they're titles, gonna, yeah. They're, they're they're gonna be drastic mm-hmm. and become the champions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, with, with the tutelage of a certain Mister William R. Regal, made his debut. Crowd lost, they their, lost their minds. minds. It was so awesome to see, and I liked how. He, he scolded them like a dad yelling at his son. I know it's like oh and my like God. kiss and make up. It's like wow, 
There's there's a throwback for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was thinking. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this over overall, this was a great. I really like this yeah. match. I'm giving this a full thumbs up. This was just so really am I. Good. There we go. We yeah. actually agree on it. Hooray! Hooray! Okay, this was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be a chaotic mess of a match, but I I did enjoy it. This is almost it. two thumbs down, Adam. I enjoyed it. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to give this an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I've, uh, it actually exceeded my overall expectations. I thought this was going to be a clunky mess. It, it was, was a clunky mess. But that's what it was supposed to be. And, and it really wasn't even a clunky mess. Nobody was slipping or anything. Everybody was exactly where they were supposed to be. So tr uh, Tornado Trios match. Sure, are you sure that everyone was where they were supposed to be? Oh, yeah, I forgot about the ending. I try to forget about it. Okay. Oh, and that, that wasn't the only part where people weren't where they were supposed to be either. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, because because of that really weird ending, I'll, I'll give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs down. But that's an appropriate answer. Yeah, it was. Um, so Sammy, well, Sammy Guevara and Isaiah Cassidy should have done more. Hardy. Well, no, so so that was that was definitely not where it was supposed to be. That was definitely a botched spot. Well, yeah, because the tables didn't break. Yeah, so it wasn't their fault. I understand, but that was clunky as shit. No, no, the the, the difference is is that clunky means that it was through the fault of the people, where it was not. They didn't know that the tables weren't going to break. On that spot, because I mean, the, think of how high they were. Why didn't the tables break? Those things were made out of metal. Exactly. But then, with Hardy and Darby Allen at the ending with the coffin <laughs> drop, that was clunky. The coffin drop. He did not touch him. Dar Darby Allen did not touch Hardy in any way, shape, or form. The and they're like, "Oh, it was a headbutt." That I don't even think that had touched him. I don't think. Zero. The more I talk about it, I'm just going to give it a full thumbs down. Like, I know, seriously. The match was terrible. Now, I did, I did, I did like a couple of things. Um, Sting being as old as he is doing like the splash, good for him. Because it actually was safe, and I was okay with that. Yeah, but whatever. You know what? It was, a, it was, a, it, that's, that's all it was supposed to be. Yeah, no, that coffin drop was the worst coffin drop ever. <laughs> And the funny thing was Hardy was trying to get up, and then he was pinned. It was like, come on. Oh, the crowd was dead. <laughs> yeah, don't even try and justify it. The match was terrible. I liked, I liked a few things. I'm, I'm just going to put it at that. I liked a few things, but I'm still going to give it a thumbs it's down. It's a Tornado Trios match because this thing is old as fuck, and Matt and, and, Hardy and, is prone to fucking concussions. And, and, Hardy, and Hardy can barely move because he has, like, <laughs> half, half of his spine is fused together. No. <laughs> I was trying to justify it. <laughs> Leave me no alone. Justification is sucked. Nick. And we Here's have our a fucking main event. Our, in our main event after an exhausting five hour show. Now, did we have to watch the buy in? No, but we did because reasons. Anyway, uh, we have Because Hangman. you hate me. We have Hangman Adam Page digging on Adam Cole. I love the crowd in this match, by the way. So, so they, they were referring to Adam a lot, but neither of their real names are Adam. 
but their the ring names are Adam. So they were like, let's go, Adam. Adam sucks. It's like, what? <laughs> I the, the crowd really made this match. But oh, yeah. I, th I thought overall, the, they did wrestle a very good match. Mm. I really like this match. It was, it was decent. Give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I'm going to give it a full thumbs up. I think there was a little, once again, interference. And it was really annoying. Oh, I know, I know the, the 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 these tropes of interferences. It's like why did sick of this shit? Why did Red Dragon come out and interfere without the Young Bucks? Like what the fuck? I know why. It, it made no sense to me personally. I thought it was stupid. Um, it's like have them have. And they a, had like eight thousand Dark Order members come out. Right. It's like okay, they look like baby faces because you have like seven Dark Order members attacking two guys. It's like. I feel bad for them. No wonder they ran away. I would run away if seven people were attacking me. Right. You know? It's like, that, that's not a baby face. The, that's not the a baby match, face. The match itself was a little too long for my tastes. A little long. Um, but overall, that was just the whole thing in the show. But it was a buckshot lariat, really good buckshot for Adam Page to win. And that's how you're, that's how you're going to build Adam Page as a credible champion right Although there. Although Adam good Page like is that. not very credible. You've got to give him time. He wasn't, he wasn't already established. That's the thing. With, with, with a champion like Adam Page, you got to give him time to really get in there. And you're not watching him. Now, I'm watching him outside of just the pay-per-views. So I'm getting more of that in-depth insight. Like, did you watch the Texas Death Match with him and Archer? Yes. Did you watch his promos? I mean, they're good. And his match with Archer was really good. And see, oh, and here's... Well, we're going to talk about when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but I thought, we probably the, will. I thought the promo work leading up to it was pretty weak. You think so? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, but, yes, it was a buckshot lariat for Paige to retain the championship, which I thought was the right call. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will still give this one a full thumbs up. I did. I like this match more than an, I hate I'm gonna it. Give an, I'm going to give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. All right. The match itself was decent, but it was just – as someone who doesn't watch the pay-per-view or, or the regular the shows. shows regularly, it was hard for me to get into this. And that's just something that we're going to have to talk about when we make it majestic again. Yeah, I, I understand that. So when we come back, Pina Gallery, what are we talking about? All right, well, we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor Endgame. All right. And we are back, Pina Gallery. What are we talking about? So, obviously, everyone knows that AEW's Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor a few days ago, essentially. The, yep. the contract just closed like not even a week ago at this point. And obviously tonight we've seen a lot of different like uh, promos and stuff related to Ring yep. of Honor. Uh, CM, like, CM Punk came out mm -hmm. to his Ring of Honor theme and he was in his Ring of Honor gear. There, there were a lot of Ring of Honor like kind of tropes or not tropes, but there were a lot of Ring of Honor References. References in the show. And so it, it almost makes me, you know, kind of wonder. And there are a lot of theories going out about, like, what Ring of Honor is going to be within the wider world of AEW. So um, I think the most important thing that we should mention right away is that in looking at the actual contract with Ring of Honor that, that Tony Khan has signed, it actually is a separate company from AEW. So, uh, Tony Khan has 100% control over the the direction of Ring of Honor. 
Whereas in AEW, he has his father, Shahid, as the lead investor and a co-owner. So I think that in, in that context, I think that Ring of Honor is actually going to be the vision that, uh, that, that Tony Khan wants. Okay. And I say that because this is his money that he spent on the purchase of Ring of Honor. And here's the thing. People are like, well, Sinclair. But the problem, the thing is, is that Tony Khan actually has pride mm -hmm. in pro wrestling. And that's the other thing, too, is that Shahid doesn't really care all that much about wrestling. Now, he's, he's, he's he, like, might, he might be like a fan of wrestling. And obviously he is because he has made an appearance or two. But he doesn't have the same level of passion that... Tony, Tony does. Now, here's the other thing that Tony has as well. He not only has the passion, but he's also that he's also that co-owner and co-founder. Right. Um, Shahid might be the lead investor, mm -hmm. but the day-to-day -day operations are controlled by Tony Khan. Or yeah. And the thing is with Ring of Honor is that it will almost be the same principle mm -hmm. where Tony is Shahid in this context. Mm -hmm. He owns Ring of Honor. He owns the properties of Ring of Honor. But it will most likely be run day to day operationally by a different person. Maybe. Who knows? Well, Maybe. that's this. This is that's only speculation right. from me because he has ring. He has AEW to focus on. He's mm -hmm. like, well, they just needed some money and right. people who actually gave a shit about the product. Do you think? Sinclair cared about Ring of no. Honor. Sinclair didn't. That's why they sold it. Right. They ne they never gave a shit. Right. That's why they didn't bring fans back when you had packed houses everywhere else. And right. They didn't. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't care. Right. It would have cost them more money than it would have been for yeah. them to keep fans out. Because they were morons and they mm -hmm. didn't know how to promote or book wrestling. But, but obviously, at the end of the day, Ring of Honor is in a very unique situation right now. Obviously. Um, you have people now. They have Tony Khan, who has a a very vested interest in a particular wrestling promotion. Just bought Ring of Honor and bought all of its properties, all of its um, naming rights, all of its music, all of its library, all of its fucking um, all the production the, equipment, yeah, all the production equipment. And so there are a couple of theories going around as to what the ultimate vision of Tony Khan is with the purchase of Ring of Honor. So I want to kind of go over some of these. So obviously the first one is a, a standalone promotion. Something that is like totally separate from AEW. This is, a, this is obviously the best case scenario right now because Supercard of Honor is going to be their first show in April. This is going to be the first show that is under the Tony Khan mm -hmm. ownership. So I want to talk about it because I wonder how the wonder, card is going know, to change. I'm, I'm curious, and I just kind of brought this into my mind. I wonder why that's – I wonder that was the reason why they went into hiatus. Was because they've been talking with Tony Khan for that long about for the purchase. Well, and, and you know... Also, also they, they released the people from their contracts mm -hmm. because Tony Khan put a certain amount of money on the table and they released that money so it wasn't stricting them on, like, we need more money. Well, again, that's... That's, 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 that's only speculation, oh, but that makes, that makes sense Every, to me. Everything that we're talking about right just now... Like, just like WWE. Right. WWE is releasing a lot of these people for 
every everything we're talking about is speculation at this point. Right. Um, but yes, so so releasing all these superstar contracts obviously freed up a lot of money for them to be able to say, hey, we we can we, we can we can, you can purchase it for that price. price, right? Um, hmm. and sounds like sounds like really familiar to somebody else. <laughs> and <laughs> you know we have to we have to consider that one of the options is is quite frankly that Ring of Honor will still exist as a separate promotion. I think it will. I, that, you I think, think that's most likely. I think that is the most likely. Okay, because they they wouldn't they would not be promoting or booking a Supercard of Honor show if they weren't going to be doing that. Well, here's the thing: is they promote a Supercard of Honor before Tony Khan bought it. Well, how? Well, once again, it goes back to my vision on the. Then what was the point of the hiatus? I think they went to the hiatus because then they would be able to um, save some money. They would save some money to for for Tony Khan. To purchase it at the price that he wanted because Sinclair just wanted to get rid of it without losing too much money. But but then why would they? Why would they? The talks, the talks, the talks were in at that time. Right. So so my point is is that the supercard of honor was starting to be built before the, the super. The talks were already in place, bef- even before they went on hiatus. So. So so with that being said that you think that it might become a just a totally separate promotion I think it will AEW. be I think it will not but, only but be very much integrated within AEW's product line because of yes the fact that it's owned by the same person they're going to have their separate pay-per-views they're going to have their separate shows they're going to have their separate runtimes I think Tony Khan purchased the Ring of Honor name because he wanted Ring of Honor to stay around because it's obviously a good place for not only for people to work, but returning from injury promotion, returning from a hiatus promotion where they're not booked as much, you know, and also development. So let's talk there's, about that. There's, there's a couple of different positives that Ring of Honor, that, that purchase of Ring of Honor has the, for AEW without being AEW. So let's talk about that because there are a lot of theories going around right now that Tony Khan is going to turn Ring of Honor into a developmental territory akin to NXT with I, WWE. I think I think in a way that's kind of what's going to happen with this, but I think they're going to be so. I think they're going to do that with the add-on of if a superstar needs to return from injury or get into in ring shape they're going to go to Ring of Honor first, and then they'll go to AEW to, so, get, to get that ring rust off without there because that has been a big criticism of, ring of, or of AEW as of late mm-hmm. is that they have people who have been out for a while. They come back. They have some ring rust. I think Ring of Honor is going to be that knock off the ring rust sort of thing. Okay. Kind of, kind of like how um, – because – like house shows with WWE, right. Ring because of Honor, or AEW does not do house right, shows. Exactly, and I want to talk about that too because, yes, so you think that Ring of Honor might fulfill some of those some of those um, yep. requirements that, yep. that, that they have. So not only developmental territory, but also perhaps a place where people who are injured can come back and get the ring rust off them before they go on to big TV. Right. That's okay. what I think. I think that's the most logical explanation. And, and yeah, there have been a lot of talks about Tony Khan turning Ring of Honor into a developmental territory. 
And I wanted to kind of mold with that idea. Now, will it be a full developmental territory? No. No. I don't think I don't think it'll be a full there development. there there won't be any such things as like call ups and stuff like that. No. And they're you know, it's it's not gonna feature exclusively young talent or anything like that, but um, I did want to bring that up because I think that it would be an interesting idea that for AEW to have their own developmental, but I don't think that Ring of Honor really fits the bill. It doesn't it doesn't fit the whole bill. It doesn't it's not like exclusively a, a developmental, but it's a developmental. Well, we don't. Well, we slash... don't. Well, we we do not know what's going to be happening because they said that the Ring of Honor landscape was going to change. A lot of the wrestlers that were a part of Ring of Honor have signed full deals with mm-hmm. other companies across the world. Right. So obviously, Ring of Honor is not going to be the same coming mm-hmm. back as it is. What's the structure going to be? Right. How are they going to book this? We don't know. Right. What we can do is what I just said of speculation. I think my assumption of what they're doing mm. with Ring of Honor is going to eliminate a lot of AEW criticisms that a lot of people have, but then also continue that Ring of Honor legacy because a lot of stars that are in AEW right mm. now came from Ring of Honor. Right. And we've seen that tonight, for example. The two, the two people who main evented the fucking show came from Ring of Honor. And then, of course, we can't talk about it without talking about something like a streaming service. And that's, which, that's been in the talks, too. Yeah. And so um, perhaps they bought the rights. And this is something that I think that WWE has been toying with, too, is that WWE and Ring of Honor – and and Impact Wrestling and AEW, they've been trying to buy up because promotions like Ring of Honor and promotions like uh, and and promotions like Impact Wrestling obviously have very valuable tape libraries for a lot of their current superstars. Yep. And this actually is something that we did discuss many years ago when Impact Wrestling was potentially up for sale and WWE wanted to buy the Impact Wrestling brand because of the library. Yep. And that ultimately, fortunately, never came through. But I think that AEW bought Ring of Honor for the same purpose. I think for the most part, yeah. I I, I can agree with you on that. And they're going to use a property, I think, appropriately. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think... I think Ring of Honor is definitely going to be changing a whole lot, but I don't think it's going to be changing a lot than what people are expecting this to happen. And, but but do you think that's going to open up the door for a potential uh, uh, AEW-esque sort of streaming service? Yes. Um, where where maybe they don't have their well, own exclusive streaming service, but maybe they have like a they, channel they'll, they'll like Peacock like, did. Yeah, I think that will work. I think um, Fight TV will be more than happy to make some sort of deal to um, have Ring of Honor on their shows as a regular thing. Well, do you think it would be Fight TV? Fight TV too. Uh, one of the two would be really good as well. Uh, but they can also do it on their YouTube channel. Now, keep in mind, it's this is all speculation, but also there are a lot more streaming options right. nowadays than there were even back in the day. Um, I, th- almost, I almost wonder if, because um, obviously uh, TNT and, and stuff, they're they're part of the Turner Networks. And I know the Turner Networks are starting to come out with maybe that will be a part of services it. as well. You know, like CNN Plus, for example. Right. That's a Turner property that is producing their own. CNN is a Turner property? 
Yeah. At least originally it was, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the point is that a lot of these major corporations are coming out their own streaming properties. And so maybe AEW becomes a piece of that streaming property. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of like how Peacock is WWE. But the point is, is that AEW buys Ring of Honor for the purpose of, of, of bolstering their value as a brand. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And a lot of stuff that Ring of Honor owns is stuff that was never released outside of their old DVDs back in 2002, for example. Right. They're going to refurbish that and mm -hmm. bring that back into the limelight, which would be great mm -hmm. because there's a lot of really good stuff. I'll be talking about that with uh, Wrestling Lesson. Mm -hmm. But I think that's something that a lot of people are really wanting to look out for. Mm -hmm. so, so, so what is the end game of Ring of Honor with AEW? I think the possibilities of what they're doing with Ring of Honor are almost endless mm -hmm. to the point of me not knowing. Right. And it's hard for <laughs> – now, I can speculate it's all I to, want. It's hard to make a speculation now, on now, this. Now, the obvious assumption, and I think the most logical thing that they're going to be doing is making it a farm promotion. But that's just me. Right. They could do anything with it. He could, right. he, Tony Khan literally say, this is the last thing of Ring of Honor and shutting it down. I don't think he's that kind of guy, but no. you never know. So We never know. Right. We don't know. Um, I think, I mean, this is a big purchase. We haven't seen anything like this in a very long time. Yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001 with um, WWE's mm -hmm. buyout of WCW, where they were going to make it a separate promotion. They just flubbed it up. So it is what it is. Anyway, so when we come back, we're going to be talking about the history of dog collar matches. Cool.
All right, so we are back. And let's talk about the premier match, quote-unquote, <laughs> uh, for this show, which was the dog collar match. And I'll be honest with you, there weren't, there aren't a whole lot of records about dog collar matches because they've actually, it's actually a fairly new match uh, within the scope of professional wrestling. So usually dog collar matches are done one way, where one-on-one -on -one competitors, usually, because we're going to talk about some outliers, where one competitor has it on their neck, the other one has it on their neck, and they have it with either a chain um, I've seen it with twine, also a Texas bull rope. That's what I was thinking of, too. Uh, that's the first thing that came to mind, because Eddie Guerrero and JBL had a Texas bull rope match We're, before we, the we, WWE we, Championship. We will, be talking about, cool. we will be talking about something similar to that oh. here in a moment, because the Texas bull rope match is a spinoff of the dog collar match. But I want to nice. talk about specifically the dog collar matches, because we had the... We had the MJF CM Punk dog collar match. Now, um, the history of this is not only just significant, and it shouldn't be ignored. Despite the notoriety of this match, uh, they are rare. There has only been maybe a handful of matches since the first one in 1983, uh, according to most records. Before that, there weren't any. But once again, there weren't a lot of tapes being passed around uh, pre-1980 wrestling, and it was really hard to find stuff like that. But nobody's found anything. So it was kind of cool. Now, the first one that obviously a lot of people love to talk about and jerk off on was the Starcade 1983 dog collar match between Greg the Hammer Valentine and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Now, despite this match was bloody... Just like, that's why I gave this one a little bit of credence. But the thing was, is that this was a 16-minute match where that made sense. A really easy, straightforward match, um, 100 miles an hour, and it was at the first Starcade, which was 1983. Now, this was not the only Dog collar Wait, match. So it was 83. I thought it was 88 that was the first arc. It was 83. 88 was the first one under WCW. This was NWA. Ah. Yeah. So, um, Roddy Piper won the match, but this was not their only dog collar match. It was actually a series of dog collar matches that spanned through the territories. This was the first televised one. Okay. Um, once again, this might be the first one ever. But we don't know because records from before that are a little muddied and obscure. Um, especially with one of the participants who we'll be talking about um, in a little bit. So I couldn't really find a better picture of this one. But uh, with CM Punk having his dog collar match, it wasn't the first dog collar match that CM Punk was a part of. The first one that he was a part of was against Raven at the first Death Before Dishonor match in 2003. Also, um, CM Punk's gear right there, it's the same gear that he wore in his dog collar match against Raven. Same one. Or against MJF tonight. Well, yeah, it was, a first, it was the same one that right. he faced against Raven against MJF tonight. Same exact one. Also, the theme song and everything, it all tied back to his one against Raven. That would not have been possible if, if Tony Khan did not own ROA. Yeah, no way. Zero way. Um, also, you know, CM Punk won that one, but 
he was also not the only one who had a dog collar match despite Tony Schiavone's misinformation. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, uh, Tony CNN. Tony, Sh- <laughs> Tony Schiavone being wrong. How dare you? So... Um, they're like, oh, CM Punk is familiar with dog collar matches, but MJF has never been in this. He has been in this against, actually, Ethan Page at Alpha One Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, Tony, Mick. Um, I can't remember the, I, can't, I think it was in 2007 when this happened, and Ethan Page won the match, mm-hmm. by the way. But it was only the one match that they had. What, what promotion was this? This was at Alpha One Wrestling. Oh, okay. That was the name of the promotion. Huh. Um, I can't remember where it's based out of, but they do, um... They do syndicated company, like they do, um, uh, not syndicated. Well, no, they do syndicated channels like um, publicly broadcasted stuff in the United States and in Canada. So this did was shown in front of a couple of people. Uh, let's talk about some ECW dog collar matches because they were a little more frequent. So, gee whiz! So what a what a shocker! Hold on, let me get my now shock the face out. right. So the first recorded one was between Pitbull, Gary Wolf, and the Tasmaniac, or also known as Taz, back in the, what was the show called? The Hostile City Showdown back in, I think this was in 1995? But there were a bunch of them, and uh, there was also the first record, no, this wasn't the first recorded, the second recorded tag team dog collar match, because actually those were frequent. Um, well, not as frequent as singles ones, but you get it. Um, same thing, around the neck with chains. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one in WCW. Now, in WCW wrestling, there weren't a whole lot. And usually, a dog collar match was for undercard matches. It was never a main event. It was never main event guys in a dog collar match. Back in WCW. So this one, for instance, was between a young Chris Jericho and Perry Saturn. And this happened at the 1999's Uncensored show. Yeah, I almost immediately recognized Chris Jericho in right. that match. I'm, I'm, I'm covering Perry Saturn here, but you wouldn't be able to notice because all you see is a bald head right. anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, but this was in Uncensored 1999. There were no titles on the line. It just... They had a rivalry, but this just happened. And I think that's kind of where WCW showed that disrespect towards um, a match like a dog collar match. Because it shouldn't be like that. Now, one person I want to talk about as well is the Junkyard Dog. There are records in archives of him having multiple dog collar matches. But the problem is, is that the Junkyard Dog's main time was in that late 70s early 80s southern pro wrestling which actually was kind of crazy to think that junkyard dog was the most popular guy in southern pro wrestling um given well given his race like come on i'm sorry i mean i'm not surprised though that that but but he but he connected with the audience in a way now a lot of the um a lot of the matches that i was going to describe they don't have any screenshots or uh, tapes Mm -hmm. because of the time they weren't recorded. Now, this one was, and this one was the most famous one between two, which was a junkyard dog taking on Don Morocco, and this happened in 1982 in a promotion called Spectrum, and that was in Louisiana, I believe. It was in Louisiana, and I think they uh, traveled in, like, 
uh, Mississippi and Alabama too. So kind of in that area. But JYD was really a lot of Florida. So, but we got to talk about this one. Yep. And it's a little hard to talk about because obviously of the significance of this. Um, AEW is not a stranger to dog collar matches. Uh, this was, I think, the only other one between Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee for the AEW TNT Championship. And this was Brody Lee's last match for his passing. Yes, uh, the pre-recorded one. I think this was pre-recorded, but he went on hiatus because of health issues, which led to his death. Um, keep in mind, this happened on Wednesday, October 7th, and he died, I think, like later that month. That's how. I, yeah, I thought it was sometime in November when he eventually died. No, I think he died on the 27th of October. Oh, okay, so maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Here, filibuster for a little bit before I, I'm going to go look this up. <laughs> I'm filibustering, so... Um, I believe. Oh, Eric Redbeard's debut was pretty cool, and he, well, I guess it was return. Oh, it was it was in October, so we were both incredibly wrong. Um, he died. In, uh, he was died uh, December twenty sixth. Oh, that's right. So it was pretty lengthy. It, it was, was a pretty lengthy hospital stay. Yep, he was pretty lengthy. But, but but anyways, the point is that this was his last ever professional wrestling match. He lost the title to Cody. So so he could be rough. so he could be written off of television because mm-hmm. he was because having of issues. the health issue, right? And it was not COVID related, by the way. It was not. Anyway, um, so the dog collar match, despite its maybe one or two very matches that a lot of people do recognize it for certain things, uh, tonight's dog collar match was not one of the highlights of it. No, it was um, I believe that Brody Lee's and Cody's was better. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And also, I, I feel like it was better because there was a title on the line. Also, it wasn't as... I mean, there, there was blood, but I feel like it went a little bit later. And also, the rivalry just kind of felt like it should have been there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that kind of thing. So, I kind of liked it more. But anyway... Um, that was just kind of where I am right now as a part of dog collar matches. So when we come back, we're not only going to make AEW and Revolution Majestic again, but we're going to make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. All right, all right, gallery. Let's make this shit majestic again. I, I think this is the this is the first time I think that we have to make AEW Majestic. Where we we actually have a couple of points to talk about and like to really dive deep into it and get into it. So. Um, the problem with this match is everything of before it kind of killed the crowd. Now, the crowd was getting back into it. Let me let me give you a little bit of context as to where I'm coming in from. So, I've watched AEW for a couple of years now. And after a certain point in time, you kind of have an idea as to how these matches work. Like, you have an idea of like how certain matches are going to go based on... What's been happening, right? Am I right. wrong? No. And so I think what is really killing me right now is that I'm starting to get to that point in AEW where everything is just becoming predictable. Where where I kind of know exactly who is going to win what matches at what point in time. Okay, I mean, okay, I, I do understand. I mean, with WWE pay-per-views, I, I'm, I'm like 90% correct as far as, like, who wins which match. Because it's so fucking obvious. 
But the problem is, is that the predetermined aspect of professional wrestling should not dictate on your perception of the actual thing. Well, it does. That's the problem. That's your problem. Well, I knew who was going to win. Enjoy the ride, not the destin. Don't d- enjoy the ride, not the destination. And that's the problem but here. But you see, I think I think at that point, if you kind of know how, I think if you know who wins, you know how the structure of the match is going to go. But once again, even if you know exactly how it's going to go, enjoy the ride. It's, it's, not, like, that, it's, like, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just that. It's it's so predictable. And here's the thing that I, it becomes I like will, okay, well, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. You know, it it it. I'm gonna give you a metaphor that I think will be appropriate for what I'm saying. Look at professional wrestling, like going on a roller coaster. You know, you can visually see what's going to happen mm-hmm. on the roller coaster. You know, you're gonna start from the gate and you're gonna end at the gate. Mm-hmm. The enjoyment comes from going around everything. Mm-hmm. That's what professional wrestling is. Okay. You or look at a play. You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know how it's going to end. Enjoy the ride. Let's also talk about the fact that the uh, professional wrestling community on the internet is so toxic. Oh yeah, uh, people were trying to defend like a lot of different things, which was stupid. All right. But, so, anyways, let's talk. Let's let's eviscerate this show. I know, but I'm you know you, we wanted to start with this preface, but I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Think, so, think of think of pro wrestling that way. That's why I think I enjoy pro wrestling more than you do because I'm I'm looking at it that perspective. So when it comes to Adam Cole, I knew that Red Dragon was going to interfere. It was stupid. I wouldn't have had them. Interfere now. If they were going to interfere, I would have had them interfere, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have had them been thrown out instead of instead of the hoggly boosh and them moving tables and all this bullshit right. that they and, did. And instead of instead without, of without the referee doing a damn thing. Oh, I know that was really annoying too. How many times did? How many times throughout the show did the referee see something happen and fail to do anything about it? Like, at least five times. Yeah. Easily. So, so these referees are trained by the NFL or something because these people are fucking blind. It's they are so blind. Awful. And uh, unfortunately, that's the kind of stuff that's going to hurt Hangman Page's title run. It's going to hurt AEW yeah. in general. It's going to hurt AEW. It's like you see these guys and you know it's going to be a good match. Have them have a match. Now, in interfe- now in interference does not I don't hurt. Need it. Well, it hurt this match. No, it, it hurt it because they did it like three times. Yeah, exactly. Do it once, and then be done, and then have Dark Order come out and do the little snafu, and then have them fuck off. I would have been okay with it. But not only did they do the interference, but then they also moved the table, and then they also tried to interfere again until Dark Order came out. That's what happened. They interfered three times. Yeah, they did. That's not what you're supposed to do. Right, exactly. No, because, I agree. Because it made Adam Cole look weak. Yep, it made Adam Page look weak too. Because, oh, haven't read Adam Page cannot win a match without his friends helping him out. Right, it's like, no. Can Adam Page not defend himself? Is he not a fighting champion? Right. I mean, I expect that from a chicken shit heel like Roman Reigns, but not from a baby face like Adam. Is, is Adam Page even a baby face at this point? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's and what that's, is Adam Page, and, and that should not be your perception coming out of a title match like this, right? Where Adam Cole is a clear heel, he is. So having his friends come out and help him, that's perfect. Once, not three times. I know because the referee saw it all three times. Now, if the referee didn't see it, fine. Maybe if they try to help. And or knew, if they, if they, if they try right. to help again, but the referee caught on to their shit and then threw them out. Cool. And, and I knew that when Red Dragon didn't win the tag team titles, I knew that Adam Adam Cole was not going to win. It can't be that predictable, and that's a problem. Anyway, um, th- so that's what I probably would have done. I would have had Red Dragon either th- been thrown out the first interference yeah. or them trying to do another one, but the referee catches on right. to their bullshit and then say, you're out of here. And then, and, Adam then, Cole, and then Adam Cole does a low blow or do something kind of right. sneaky. And then, and then well, Better and constructed then, match. And then, and then you have... You have um, Dark Order. Order interfere on the ramp at the stage instead of at ringside. Right. They're trying to come out, and then right. they come out and do that. Exactly. <sighs> There's a lot I would do to this. Oh, um, my fucking God. This match was terrible. It was. I would have cut it in half by yep. time. Yep. The, the should not have been given as much time. Also, CM Punk's blading was way too he was He was gushing. His hair was sticking, and it, it was too early. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this because I think it – I think, once again, it illustrates oh, my point. Oh, it's great to have all this blood. No, it was actually kind of gross. The blood, to me, is fine. It's when you do it is the difference. The CM, 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 CM Punk, Punk lost so much fucking blood in this match. It wasn't, it wasn't even within five minutes, and then CM Punk started bleeding. That was way too soon. It should be at the very end of the match when somebody starts bleeding. But CM Punk lost so much blood that he couldn't keep himself up. Right. That's now, how bad it was. Now, I want, I want to illustrate an example of blading done right <sighs> with another match that AEW had. Blading is so 1980s, too. Right. Now, keep in mind. Now, there is another one where I think blading was done right within this company. And that was, well, number one, the Moxley-Brian Danielson match. They did it right. But... Um, let's talk about the Cody Dustin Rhodes match at the first double or nothing. Right now, did Dustin cut himself too deep? Yes. Yes. But it was more towards the end of the match. There was maybe another what seven minutes, and then he started gushing blood. But that made sense. Where CM, still... CM Punk did this way too soon, where he was bleeding more than he was not, and that's not what you should do. That's not how it should be. I, I mean, I personally have a moral obligation towards blading, just in general, because I, I don't like the practice of blading. If, if, you're, if you want to get cut, you're getting cut the hard way. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's my point. You shouldn't make yourself cut. That's not— There, there, is, a, there is a way to There is hit, a better way to do it. There is a way to hit somebody. But, but anyways, I have a moral obligation towards blading. And I think I think that you don't have that, a, you don't you don't have a moral obligation. You have a you have a moral issue with it because an obligation means right. that you have so, so like I have, a I have, duty towards so, something. Yeah, so I have a moral issue towards blading just in general. I don't I don't I don't see. I mean I understand it. I just don't care. You, you can have a good match without blood. Of course, AEW. This, this, the, this the, was this was a dog collar match. I know the AEW incels are. They want blood. This is a dog collar match. I so can, they'll never see blood come out of a female in their life. I can under. 
Anyway, there was a lot of thing here. Um, cut it in half. I don't particularly mind the blood. Right. Just do it at the end of the match I instead know. of instead <laughs> of at the very beginning of the match. Un- unless unless a person is bleeding accidentally, right? Then right. cool, right? Then whatever, right? right. That th- that's different. Ah. Uh, Again, interferences the, the, ruined the, this the, match. Yep, the interferences ruined this match. Britt Baker is more than capable of taking care of herself. She's a big girl. She can take care of herself. She's a, she has a doctorate, for God's sake. Like, come on. Um, well, again, you, you just have to have these fucking— Also, also the, the orientation of this match— was really hurting it because it I think was. this was right after the dog collar match. Yeah, this was right at no. Yes, it was right after mm-hmm. the dog collar match. So it just really hurt because of the orientation of the matches. Yeah, so um, this was kind of the sleeper. This was the sleeper. Yep, this this was in that a, a title match should not be a sleeper match. No, it should not. This was awesome. I think this was a perfect placement. It was the good opener. It was it was bruising, but it wasn't bloody, which I really enjoyed. So you like so because these two definitely had like a blood rivalry. They were like in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. They explained it but really well. But they didn't well. have to bleed in order to tell the story. Now they bruise each other up. Like they're feeling that tomorrow, especially Eddie Kingston. He had a huge bruise on his eye. Now, of course, of course, we got to talk about the fact that there were some pretty dangerous spots in this match too. Literally, the first move of the pay per view was a concussion. Well, he he was not concussed. He no, just it was but, just, but it was just it really was, scary. It was the concussion we need to have. It, it was like Madcap Moss landing on his head, but that was right. a lot scarier. Right, but but you, it was it was pretty scary. Like you knew that there was it was this not this match be off to a good start. This this match set a really high bar for the rest of the it show, did. and I think it kind of spilled into a lot of the other matches mm-hmm. because these two had a really good match. I loved this match. But it just set such a weirdly high expectation. I for liked me. it. I didn't love it. And the only reason I liked it was because it was actually a good match. What I didn't like about it was, of course, the spots were a little more on the dangerous side. And I know that Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston can handle it, but it was it was just like, whoa, whoa, let's slow down a little bit because right. this was the curtain jerker. Maybe maybe you're sitting there saying this was not entirely necessary. Right. I can see that. Um, this was awesome. This was, again, this was my favorite match of the night. I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, he's like, oh, well, what about this blading? But this one made sense. And it wasn't until much later in the match either. Right. Moxley just bled a lot. Mm-hmm. That was it. And also, Brian Danielson is a very close-up fighter. So, of course, he's going to get covered in somebody else's blood because he's, like, doing grapples and stuff against a bloody guy. You don't think that's going to get smeared it on was, you it was, like It was two a minutes? classic wrestling match, and that's right. what I wanted. But, but also— John, but, John Moxley is not known for his classic wrestling but, matches. But, but also, what I really liked about this, it wasn't just a classic match. It was a brutal match. It was. They, they fought each other. Yeah, this was a fight. Did, this, and, was, this was a brawler match and a technical submission match. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, the whole experience of this match. I like this match. I know you don't like spot fest matches. This was a spot fest. It was the young bucks are obviously they're they're the spot fest queens. The queens. 
And, you know, you got Red Dragon, who would be a great... If it was just Red Dragon and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I would have loved this match. I don't know why the Young Bucks were added to this match. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it was kind of unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. Now, have also, now, the way this match just set itself up was just terrible. Too. Right. Now, here's what I would have done. I would have done Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express for the titles. Young Bucks come out. Pretend like they're going to help Red Dragon, but yet screw right. them. Then have the and then have the Young Bucks Red Dragon match at double or nothing. Because we all know what the real rivalry is. The real rivalry has right. nothing to do with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And, and that's not where it should be because once again, this is a title match. The titles should be the main focus. But they, and they were not, and that's a bad thing. I mean, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were just there. And, I feel like they were just there, right? And, and the real rivalry was Does Red that, Dragon Young Bucks. Despite, and also the Jurassic Express shined in this match. I thought they did the best they of They did. Them. They did, but it, but it was distracting to have the rivalry between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon take place at the same time. I can, I can agree with because that. Because it took away from Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I can agree. I can 100% agree with that. 100%. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would have had their own match with somebody else. Yep. This should have been on the pre-show. I don't know why this Absolutely. wasn't. Absolutely. This should have been on the pre-show. Or have Sammy Guevara defend the title against somebody. But this was... Well, he, here's the thing about this match. Was... It was... It, again, it was just like a sleeper before the main events. Right. I mean, that legitimately what it was. I just don't like sleepers. It's just like... It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like trios, whatever... When it was so random. When when in the hell was a tornado trio a no disqualification? I've never heard that. Well, it's a tornado. It's a tornado tag match. It's a tornado tag match, but that doesn't mean pillar and plunder. It's still one team against another team. There's nothing there about no disqualifications. But that's a tornado match. There are no disqualifications in tornado matches. I've never seen that. You've never you've never seen this again. Not that I'm not that I'm personally aware okay. of. So tornado matches do not have disqualifications because it's every man, you know, it's it's just one team against the other team. There's no rules. Okay. Um again, I understand I understand the premise of the match, but you know, here's yet another thing I want to talk about really quick too, while we're here. Is I felt like the 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 promos or the packages for a lot of these matches were not very well thought out. No, I don't think so either. I one hundred percent agree like with you. If there if there's one thing that I can compliment the WWE on is that they do a very good job um, um, presenting a package for a, a match. AEW used to be really good, but the, they're getting they're some, getting they're for, getting a little sloppy with it for for some reason. This particular pay-per-views packages for matches was weak. It was so bad. I can agree with that. I I, I 100% agree so, with that. So the point, the reason I want to bring it up now is because I didn't see the reason for this match. Now, are Darby Allen and Sting like the enemies of the Hardy Andrade family office? Yes. Um, why are Andrade and Matt Hardy working together now? Like, like, what's what's the arc? So the arc right now is that Hardy, the Hardy family office had a have a working relationship with Andrade, which is why it's now 
A-H-F-O because they had the working relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Darby, Al- or, um, Darby Allen and Andrade had been having a rivalry and with Sammy Guevara involved in some way, shape, or form. I kind of wish they talked about the rivalry or the tension between Guevara and Darby Allen right. more. And also, why were Dar- or, um, Isaiah Cassidy and Sammy Guevara, who's a champion, why are they taking a backseat? And and why is Andrade Alidolo not with House of Black? Like, has he ever been part of House of Black? No. Oh, he's, okay. he's, he's never been House of Black. Mm. Well, no, he was um he was tagging with them when they were in that rivalry, but he was never officially a member of the House of Black. Well, see, and that's not a thing. Is that I want to know what the arc is like now. They 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 put them together because there was the tie-in between uh, Queen Zelina. Because that was the talk of the town, right? At that but, time, but but you know, like like the point being is that I wanted a little bit more information, right? Of of a of a novice who's watching this show, uh, I, I, I I I almost expected more information. I was surprised there were three matches in the pre-show, right? And that kind of sucked, actually. Um, once again, this match should have been in the pre-show, or yeah. it shouldn't have existed at all because they had maybe what two weeks of. Promo on this. Ty, Ty Conti and Jay Cargill are not ready to carry a match. No, neither one of them are. Not in a single bit. At least Jade Cargill has the excuse of being inexperienced. Ty right. Conti's been doing this for, to my knowledge, at the very least, more than five years. She should have known this, but yet she was having a struggle on carrying this match. And it's, I don't think it was Jade's fault. I think a lot of this was Ty's fault. Mm-hmm. Just, it, was, it was a sloppy match. It was a very sloppy match. It made no sense. Why are they facing each other out of fucking nowhere? Right. Where, like, what the fuck? It just doesn't make any sense. I would have either had this on the pre-show or had it zero. Not right. at all. Now, this should have been on the main show. It should I, have been, yes, absolutely. I would have replaced the Hardy Family Office match with this match because this match at least has a rivalry that you kind of understood. I understood it, yeah. I know there's a rivalry with uh, the Death Triangle and with the House of Black. Right. I understand that there is something going on. And, and with and with Phoenix injured right now, I think Eric Redbeard. Eric, Eric Redbeard, which would have just, yeah. I this, think they, this should have been. They, they should have waited until um, right. uh, Revolution to right. say, hey, it's Eric Redbeard, right. the surprise person. That would have been cool. And I think that would have been a big pop on a show like this. Um, and they actually did have a pretty okay match. I really enjoyed it. And they definitely wrestled a pay-per-view match on a pre-show. This again, sh- again, the match went too long. Yep. It should have been cut at least by 10 minutes. It should have been cut by 10 minutes, and it should have been on the regular show. It, it, the reason why it was on here, I will never know. This, it this, was, this match was terrible. It wasn't terrible. It, it was... was it wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. It was average. It was average. Um, there was at least a rivalry with it, but they Again, had they they you they got, had, you had, you had two gals who cannot carry a match. By they themselves. had they had a better match a couple of weeks ago when this rivalry started than this match. And that's the thing. They actually did have a good match on Dynamite. Um, I think it was during a TBS Champion Qualifier tournament match. Yeah, and 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 Ty, I mean Layla, why why with the Russian colors? 
I'm not going to explain it to you. I know why, but she's I feel... not. She is. She is not portraying a Russian. But but the 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 point is is that you should be wary about wearing Russian colors because of the association with the fact that there's a legitimate invasion going on. Now if she was like fucking Nikolai Volkov and being a Russian sympathizer. I can understand that. I didn't see a whole lot of complaining on social media I didn't see a lot about of her gear. About you. you know why? Because she's not trying to portray a Russian. I understand. She's just Russian. I it's understand. Like, but the colors, though... With Masha Slamovich as an example, she's portraying a Russian. Mm -hmm. But Layla Hirsch is not. Right. She just She's a wrestler who happens I, to be Russian. But uh, but I I kind of would have I kind of would have put off the colors for at least a while. Maybe do like all black ears. Right, thing. exactly. She was, because she's a heel already. Right. I would have done something a little bit different. Or if she actually supports Ukraine, why not do Ukrainian colors as a defiant sort of thing? That'd be cool. But but the point is is that I felt like based on current geopolitical situations, it was a little bad taste. Heel heat. It would have been a little. It would have been a little much if she was trying to get heel heat. Yeah, I'm like, do you want her to get killed? That's like that's like um that's like that's like if Alexander Rusev was right. having the big Russian flag flowing down right now, right. that probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Or a lot of giving thanks and praise to Vladimir Putin, that probably would not be a really good idea right now. Right. Anyway, um, I th I'll be honest with you. I think this should have been on the main show. Really, Hook? Yep. No. Yep. Nope. Um, I think at least zero percent. If this was a sleeper match, this would have been this, a better. This would have been a better sleeper match than the AEW Women's Champion. This would have been a better sleeper match than maybe half of the fucking dog collar match. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be there. This was the only perfect match for the buy-in. Really? I thought the other. I mean. I don't know. I think I think there were some matches that the, the were on the main show that should have been on the buy-in and vice versa. And this is one of them where I'm saying, if this was not, this should have been the curtain jerker. Instead, instead of Jericho Kingston, this should have been the curtain jerker. Maybe, but again, you, you, again, you get you get you get rid of the TBS Championship match and you get rid of the Hardy Family Office match and you put in a shorter House of Black versus Death Triangle match and this match. And you have a much better constructed pay-per-view. I don't know. It's a little hard to sell because yeah. this one. But the thing is, this one did have a rivalry. They actually explained it really well. And I thought, to be honest with you, I I, I did enjoy this match. I I thought it was fine. And then, well, it's not the end. Let's talk about the face of the revolution. Then we'll wrap it up. Um. I wouldn't have done anything different. I think everybody was exactly where they were supposed to be. I enjoyed the match itself, and I think they actually put over a couple of different people within the structure of the match. It, here's the thing, is that we talked about Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's act is getting a little old. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like New Day. New Day is great, but I'm so sick of the New Day. Yeah, they're, they're a little old. Um, and what does Orange Cassidy have outside of, like, being Orange Cassidy? Here's the thing. I would love to see an evolution of him as a character. Orange, Orange Cassidy actually wrestled as a masked luchador. I can't remember his name off the top of my head when he, when he was in Chikara. 
he wrestled as a luchador. Oh. He's actually he's actually a very very good wrestler. He just found this gimmick and it works. Well, it worked. It worked. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, Orange Cassidy for me, it's just, it's like, eh, whatever. It was fun. It was fine. Maybe if he did something like that, but was a heel, that might be kind of interesting. Um, and then of course you got Keith Lee, you got Wardlow, you got Hobbs. They they kind of jerked them off as the big guys because they were the big huge guys and then people and then people are like well, hating on WWE for saying oh they like to promote big guys well AEW is doing the same fucking thing well the uh, I mean because they're like oh man well Keith Lee is just like the guy f- coming from WWE right Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow just have that sort of charisma that makes them really popular right and now. that's why one of them won was because Wardlow is a they're they're not they're not promoting Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow because they're just big. Right. There's a lot more to Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. There is. They and, just and, they just they Wardlow, just happen to be young and big. Right. That's exactly. it. Exactly. But but they're promoting them like oh they're the big guys they're the huge guys. They like, are the whatever. big guys. They are the huge guys. But they're also good. That's the thing. Right. It's, this is not a Lex Luger situation. Right. They're not bad wrestlers. Right. They have charisma. They have presence. They're just they're just wrestlers who happen to be big. They're not big right. guys who are made as wrestlers. Right. And then you got Christian, and then you got uh, Christian. Christian was there to lead the match because he, was, he had yes. the experience. And then Ricky Starks was there because they wanted more people on the Team Taz Ricky, heels. Ricky Austin Theory. Yes, basically. <laughs> they they like they like to jerk him off. And Orange Cassidy was there because Orange Cassidy. Albeit his act getting kind of stale for me, he's still popular. So they wanted him at least on there to get that pop in every single match. I understand why. I do. I'm I'm not going to be too nitpicky about it personally. I I wouldn't have changed anybody out of the face of the Revolution ladder match. And I would have have done a surprise maybe. I, I, I give it a thumbs down. I gave it a thumbs in the middle. Um, but I would have. That's probably what I would have done. Um, overall, um, I did enjoy the pay per view. I did. Um, it was kind of Rebel, long. Revolution. Okay. It was. Thing. It was a little long. People. People are saying, "Oh my God, it's the greatest thing of all time!" Right? It's not. One hundred percent. This. This. This pay per view. Because I'm starting to understand the formula of AEW is now starting to become old. No, I've I've seen AEW do amazing things. And what about the debut with Brian Danielson and Adam Cole? That was a much different pay-per-view. I enjoyed that one a lot more by a mile. One. No, people are enjoying this one a lot more. Really? Mm-hmm. Are they stupid? No, they are. But anyways, the point being is that AEW has found its formula. And, and I have found the AEW formula. And there, therefore, I will now start to be a lot more critical of the AEW formula because it is AEW formula. I want AEW to continue to surprise me like they they have always done. And I want – I don't want predictability. Can we can we also put the fucking pay-per-views on Saturday again? Yeah, like, seriously. come on. I Like, I understand Sunday pay-per-views and whatever, but for God's sake – don't don't put on a five hour whatever. It's so annoying. WWE's at least been good about keeping it down really short, mm-hmm. to where it, they they at least end it at like seven thirty instead of nine. But beggars can't be choosers. Ugh. Anyways, Revolution. 
It's, it was pretty average for me. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I liked it more than I didn't. I'll give it a thumbs up, but that's being nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, AEW is predictable now. Yep. That's so, it. Right. So, uh, Peanut Gallery, what are we talking about next week? We're not sure. To be determined. To be determined. We'll let you guys know. But if you did enjoy this, remember to like, follow, subscribe, uh, share with all your friends, become a patron. There's going to be a link tree down below. Check everything out. And as always, be majestic. <laughs>